You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Lucian had to cancel last minute. Uh, it was very sad. Uh, he Nothing bad has happened, but uh, he winter is upon him, and he has a pool, and he has to get it drained and, like, winterized before, uh, before it freezes and bursts all of his pipes. So uh, I think... I don't know if he has to schedule something for that, but like today was the day that he's going to do that. So we have no illusion today. Might be a short show. We'll see. Um, I put up all the list of topics that I wanted to cover. And uh, yes, very Sly Flourish. Uh, I, I love Sly's uh, uh, broadcast on Sunday mornings, but I, I catch him on Monday when he puts him on YouTube. Uh, but I started using Notion because of Sly Flourish. Um, so feel free to chat with me more than usual because uh, now I have no one to talk to. But uh, we're gonna talk about free RPG day. Um, is this just a U.S. thing? Now that I think about it, I don't know if free RPG day uh, goes to other places. But let's try it out. Uh, I will be going to free RPG day, to, uh, which is today uh, after the show is done. Uh, I'm going to head over to my local gaming store. Um, it's interesting that they have not updated this uh, website for some reason. Because I do go down here and we still have like to be announced for Renegade Game Studios and things like that. Uh, we could get Felix on the show. So, Oh, it's in Canada. Good. And it, it's in the UK. Okay, free RPG day all over. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, so looking at these, I'm very excited about the... Dark Tower, uh, which is the, uh, it's fifth edition, but it's a classic module or setting that they're going to, uh, they're going to remake. And I think this is a preview of it. So, uh, well, this is a link to Dungeon Crawl Classics, but uh, really I'm interested in this Dark Tower supplement that they're coming out with. I think that is the most popular setting that is not TSR, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me see if I can. Dark Tower RPG. Um, yeah, ninth level games is to publish the return to the dark pot. No, that's not what I want. This is it, maybe? Uh, no, these are all about Stephen King's Dark Tower. Ah, Dark Tower module. Here we go. Yeah. So it was published by the Judges Guild, which was non, uh, non RPG or non TSR stuff, but uh, became very popular. Um, so they're republishing that, which I think is really cool. Uh, I'll I'll move this over so you can slightly see what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. So the Dark Tower module. Um, it was for AD and D. Released in 1980. Very exciting. Um, yeah. And it's a little uh, preview of that. So, and the art looks really cool. Uh, Paizo is, of course, doing some Starfinder, Pathfinder stuff. So you can check that out. Um, there are some dice that are running around. WizKids is doing a Grim Cottage featuring... Uh, so you could use this for Feywild stuff, so that's kind of exciting. 
How to build a boss fight final chamber. Renegade, I'm always curious about, but they have not announced what they're doing. Magpie is Root. Uh, Hit Point Press, they have Humblewood stuff. They have a Kickstarter right now, which is uh, for Fool's Gold, which is the uh, Dingo Doodles. Uh, what's the word? Um, webs- uh, it's a, a, a YouTube channel dingo doodles and they're they're utilizing her ip to create this uh book uh yeah green ronin publishing uh of course modivius you can pick up dune that's gonna be octung cthulhu could be really fun i should check out that so anyway i love free rpg day i think it's one of the coolest uh things in that we have created so you should definitely go check out free rpg day um and uh if you follow me on the instagram i'll probably put it on the main channel as well as a as a youtube post uh, but I will definitely uh, talk about the things that I get because I get really excited. And I'm going to go pick up some magic cards because if you don't know, I've been playing uh, a lot of Magic the Gathering lately. And it's been fun. The Forgotten Realm set totally got me into it. And I'm having uh, a lot of fun running around with that. Uh, since I like old school essentials, have you seen the Five Torches Deep Kickstarter? I have not. Five Torches Deep Kickstarter. Torches Deep Kickstarter. Uh, it's 5e plus OSR. Let's take a look real quick. Um, we have, oh, buy now. Is it done? Oh, November 10th, 2020. Yeah, this is old. Uh, Streamlight adventure game combining the best mechanics of OSR and 5e. Okay. Yeah, I'm not aware of this, uh, but I if it's out, I'll totally like look for it. Oh, through drive through. Okay, so yeah, we should totally go to drive through and we can find it. I bet. Uh, let's go to drive through. Get a soft cover book. Ten dollars. How is it different? It's a five E skeleton. Yeah, I'd really have to... Oh, there's a review. I'll have to look into this, because this could be fun for um, the other channel to do that. Um, oh, there is a Kickstarter running at the moment. Okay. I wonder why. Why it showed me this one instead. So, Critical Role came out with an adventure. Uh, I don't think anybody was really... I was not expecting this. Um, I kind of thought that Wizards of the Coast and Critical Role had parted ways um not in a upsetting capacity by any means but uh i wonder if critical role well it's kind of twofold like my thought process is that critical role wants to do all of their stuff in-house now and make more money uh but the partnership with wizards of the coast probably sells more books uh, because this has an official Wizards of the Coast stamp on it, I think fans, uh, I don't know about fans, if they're more inclined to buy this or if they're more inclined, are, are they more inclined to buy it because it's it's uh, Critical Role and Wizards of the Coast, or are they more inclined to buy it because it's written by Matt Mercer? Uh, I, I don't know. There's a Venn diagram there that I'm very curious about. Because there's also fans that want Wizards of the Coast... Uh, stuff to be uh well they want new options and if it's published by wizards of the coast then they get excited because all of a sudden i can use uh, uh what is it 
uh, Gramaturgy, which is the critical role, um, what have you, the the magic that he came up with for his thing. So I, I don't know, but I think it's kind of cool that they're doing an adventure. Um, and it's definitely going to uh, traverse into uh, the new campaign and the new continent and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, good morning, Mr. AJ Pickett. Welcome to the show. It's a solo show today. So the Netherdeep, which I was reading about, um, is a combination of like an ocean and the far realm, uh, the sunken realm of gloom, corruption and sorrow. Uh, and so I, I, I'm very curious about that. Uh, if it's this is where we're getting um, Ukatoa, is that all of this is coming from weird undersea far realm craziness? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But if the new continent is taking place on Marquette, uh, and this starts in Zorhas, Zorhas is in the uh, in Wildmount. So you're basically branching, like you could buy the guide to Wildmount and then jump from Wildmount into Marquette and then continue your, your, your things there. Uh, I played a Wildmount game. Um, friends that were very into Critical Role uh, did uh, uh, were very eager to play a game of Critical Role. Uh, it's weird, and I, I guess I understand now how other people are uh, not keen on the realms, but I want to play on the realms because I like the realms a whole bunch, you know? And I know a lot about the realms. It makes sense to me to play there because I recognize places like Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter and uh, even like uh, uh, some of the Alcadim stuff or Kalimshan or things like that that are, are more south. Well, Alcadim's very far away. But they like knew all about Zorhas and knew all about these cities and were very invested in it. From my perspective, it was fun to play in a world where I didn't know uh, the the standards. I don't know how Dark Elves are viewed. I don't know how Tieflings are viewed. Um, I was a Tiefling, and it was like, am I okay in this city? Like, I don't know. How are Tieflings viewed? Uh, so I'm, I'm curious about Marquette. Obviously, there's a lot of cool lore here. Matt's made a very interesting world that is evolving and uh, growing with 5th edition, which I think is kind of... Uh, uh, fun and we've I've talked about this before that Lucian and I both want to see what the fifth edition designers come up with for a system or a, a world that was built around fifth edition so understanding that we don't have to shoehorn dragonhorn or we don't have to shoehorn dragonborn into the realms this world that we've created has dragonborn they have a history established uh, and you kind of go from there uh yeah, and, and Critical Role has done that. They've changed Dragonborn, things like that. So no real information other than it's coming out March 15th, 2022. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for the donations. Very thoughtful of you. Uh, starting a Dungeon of the Mad Mage campaign in a period of couple players are uh, going to play Plasmoids. Uh, loosely using the guild format. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So again, we were talking about that last week with the plasmoids being the unearthed arcana spelljammer stuff that was coming out. Uh, a little bit more information on that as I was researching. Uh, I guess plasmoids, I thought they were just in Star Frontiers, but they are in spelljammer as well. So it is a very spelljammer thing. So curious about what you guys think about this. Um, it comes with a cool poster map. Uh, it's levels three to 12. 
bursting with lore. So this is going in the direction of their adventure slash campaign books. Uh, kind of like uh, the Feywild book that we got, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Um, but more so, I wonder if they'll release something else that's like the campaign supplement. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I do love how, uh, yeah, you got all my RPG mats. Oh, yeah, Steve, good job, because AJ's been making some of those great RPG mats. They're really cool. Uh, Netherdeep, I'm very curious about that. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Zorhas, March 15th, uh, across between the Far Realm and the Deep Ocean. Uh, I wonder, I don't know what the Deep Ocean is, if that's a, if that's something there. But anyway, uh, Chris Perkins, I'm a big fan of Chris Perkins, obviously. I talk about him quite a bit. Um, or I just really like his RPG writing and things like that. So uh, this was a tweet that I, I was just on Twitter this morning. Um, and he said, while digging through old boxes to find my Star Frontiers screenplays, uh, which I'm wondering if screenplay is for a game or if he was actually writing a movie screenplay. Uh, I, I don't know. Not sure what he's he's referencing there, but he said, I found some other stuff, but here's my piggy bank. And so it's, it's cute piggy bank. I like it, whatever. Um, all of his Canadian coins. And then uh, this is what I thought was interesting. He found a bunch of other stuff. Here's an adventure I wrote for Dungeon Magazine that was rejected. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, a complete set of old-timey monster cards. And I found a folder containing my hand-drawn pencil maps for Curse of Strahd. This is just really fun stuff to keep. Here's the first draft of a of the first D&D adventure he ever sold to TSR with the original map. So I just, this is so neat. Like, to have this kind of stuff I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, Star Frontiers. I wonder what's going on with that. Like, I'm not sure. Here's uh, uh, the Extra Life charity in 2015 uh, that he ran. Um, the original maps for Storm King's Thunder. Uh, kind of fun. So, like, he, like this is hand-drawn. And then, yeah, so crazy that he was working on this for so long. Uh, I know, like, I don't think Perkins realizes that he could auction some of this stuff off to, like, Extra Life charities. Like, uh, it, would, it would get a pretty penny. Like, I would love to have some stuff like this. Uh, I've been talking a lot about uh, Tolis, which I want to, I want to play Tolis. I want to read it. I almost bought it the other day. Uh, it's it's birthday month, so I'm trying to think of things that I might buy myself. And the fifth edition version of Tolis is is high on the list, but we'll see. Because I just don't know if I have the time to to read it, and I don't know if I'll ever run anything with Tolis. Uh, but here's yeah his characters. Uh, so what do we got here? Um, Monty Cook ran this game when he worked at uh, Wizards and Chris was in it. And I just thought that was, I mean, two like pillars of game design that I really, really love. Uh, and they were just running games together. And so he was in this for a long time. Uh, and it's kind of fun to see like the props and uh, the backstory and stuff. If we go here, here's his character. So like, we don't, I don't know, not like a straightforward character sheet, but like, here's the character they were running. I, I'm pretty sure it's a, it was a third, third edition game. Uh, and also he talks about 
the inverted pyramid, which is a very Monty Cook thing. And when I was crafting Endegar, I wanted this inverted pyramid as well. And uh, it was very Monty Cook inspired. And then lo and behold, Tolis has a uh, inverted pyramid. Yeah. No, I am very glad that Perkins is in development on uh, 5e. I just, he's such a, I don't know, he's just a really cool guy. Like, I, I think he's a, I think he's a really awesome person. This was really fun to kind of watch all of the stuff. Uh, here's a, uh, a hand-drawn isometric map of the Falling Star, which I made as a teenager, and WizKids Wiz games turned into a miniature. <laughs> so that's funny. Very funny. The Falling Star, it's a boat, apparently. Um, I'm not sure about the WizKids, whatever, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Christopher Perkins, you should go check it out. Like, this was a cool trip down, like, RPG history, I guess. And he's been working on this for, like, so long, so I thought that was really cool. I really... Really love the vintage stuff, obviously. Like, I like OSR and things like that. Um, Wizards of the Coast is hiring a lot of uh, people um, in Texas, Washington, and North Carolina. A lot of these are for arc Archetype? Yeah, I, I, I spelled this wrong. I think it's arc Archetype. Archetype Entertainment, which is a subsidiary of Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I don't think they partner with them. I think they they straight up own them, and they're, they're making video games. Uh, but... The idea is that they might be making uh, digital tool sets or something, and I'm wondering if they're com if they're if they're trying to get into that space of rather than licensing out our properties, we could be making all of this money uh, if we did everything in house. And uh, the <laughs> the problem with this though is that. Uh, that they've they've done this in the past and it and what if it's bad you know like what if you're shoehorning people into uh well you can't use D, D beyond anymore we're pulling all of the license stuff for that uh so you can't play with D, D beyond anymore but you can play with our digital tool set oh by the way you're gonna have to rebuy all of the books uh that's gonna frustrate a lot of players uh but if you go to the hiring website uh no thanks uh yeah so we've got uh, benefits and perks, archetype entertainment, but I wanted like all locations, all departments. Um, so first of all, we, we, they want artists. This is all in Texas, uh, and then engineering and stuff. So they're they're building a game. They're doing game design there. Kind of makes sense. They're doing whatever properties they're building. Who knows? Uh, and then we get to digital Dungeons and Dragons, and this is in Renton. So this is this is where Wizards of the Coast head office is and uh we want software engineers and environment artists and things like that and i'm wondering not so much not so much that they're trying to build like tabletop software but like a roll 20 or something like that i don't think that they're trying to do like a map map software from from this i'm very very much guessing nobody knows but them uh, but I think that they're trying to build like a 3D MMO sandboxy world space. And I wonder if that's going to be the next edition of Dungeons and Dragons is that we have this really cool fifth edition rule set 5.5. We're going to refine everything. We're going to do this. And now the dungeon master can run players through a 
video game through a 3D environment. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You know, I I don't think Hasbro has the power. Uh, so AJ in chat said that Hasbro has the power to buy everybody out. Um, and I don't think so. Like, D&D Beyond is owned by Fandom, and Fandom is owned by Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe they're their own thing. But, like, they're not going to sell. Like, they're not going to just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just, you can just buy us. Like, there's no reason for them if, if fandom is making enough money. Um, and they are. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I think this is a, uh, an interesting path that they're going. And then here's magic. Uh, and then platform digital game development. Like, I think that they're working on something and it's all in Renton. And then digital publishing is in Bellevue, which is right next to Renton. Uh, lots, I mean, but they're hiring so many people, like digital media, marketing, like all of these crazy people, uh, which is awesome. Like, hey, they're growing, but at the same time, I, I think they're being, are they biting off more than they can chew? Um, and that's where I'm wondering, because if they go down a path where, uh, well, let me let me let me track my thoughts here. So I think CEOs look at things like this. They look at D&D Beyond. Hasbro CEO looks at D&D Beyond. They look at Roll20 and they're just like, "Why are all of these people making all this money off of us? Like, why can't they look at all those kickstarters? Why can't we be making all of that money?" And so then their logical thing is is like, "Well, just hire a bunch of people. We'll just make the exact same thing." But since we own the intellectual property, people will have to come do, they'll have to come to, through us and they'll have to like, you know, and then we'll just, we'll have a monopoly and we'll become Disney and Disney will own everything and do everything in house and they'll never outsource anything and, and it'll be great. So yeah. And AJ says history, history <laughs> repeats because they're getting so successful that these, uh, the hubris of it is that the, they, they're going to like, we're going to go do everything better. And uh, I don't think that Wizards of the Coast, the people who are in charge of Dungeons and Dragons, I don't think they think this, but I think the people who are in charge of Dungeons and Dragons money, like the CEO of Hasbro's and things like that, I think they're very much like we need to make money. And this is a way for us to make more money. Now, the problem with all of this is that what if you do it half-assed? Like, what if you try to uh, get it out the door really fast? What if you haven't been working on this uh, for a huge amount of time? What if you don't want to invest the probably millions of dollars in uh, creating really good software, you know? And ideally, they won't pull the license for D&D Beyond. They won't pull the license for Roll20, for uh, all of the other virtual tabletops. Because uh, then it's good for the consumer. If they want to build their own thing, that's great. And if it's better than D&D Beyond, that's awesome. I could go over there. But if I like D&D Beyond, I can stay there. Uh, we're getting really, like, I, I'm finding this personally, that I haven't built a character on paper in forever. And uh, 
specifically with the artificer, I'm like, I think I need to build an artificer on paper so that I understand how it works. Because when D&D Beyond does everything for me, I get like, I don't even know, why do I have that? You know, because I'm not actually understanding what's happening. Um, but if you look at the history of it, like D&D Beyond at the very beginning, I was not interested. It was fine. I think Critical Role really elevated D&D Beyond. Now it is a very great piece of software and i think it's completely worth the money but when it first came out i'm like i don't know like not really not super interested in dnd beyond i'll just play at the table kind of a thing like that so we'll see man but i mean this is a lot of people uh and and like they're just like yeah we want all of this and and to to get a group of people together and then just say all right now uh maybe you've worked together maybe you haven't but uh go go build us something amazing it's like, nah, I don't know. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm really curious. So there's some video games, obviously, in the works, which uh, those are hit or miss. I mean, what was it? Uh, Dark Alliance. I've heard not good things. I, I played the tutorial and that was about it. Uh, so I don't know. But this makes me a little leery of the future of Dungeons and Dragons, because if they if they start locking everything, um, I don't know. But Ultimately, they're publishing books, and I think that they will never stop publishing books. And my preferred way to play is at the table. Uh, so, yeah. And I mean, I play lots of games over the internet, like OSR and things like that, where I'm like, nah, we don't really need a digital thing. Like, I can still have my players at Roll20, and everyone just made their own physical character sheets, and we we still play at Roll20. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know, though. Man. That's just so many people. Um, and I think that was most of the news I wanted to talk about. So I, we might be done with news. Uh, and then on like personal stuff. Yeah, we're, we're working on, on other things. Uh, but yeah. Five torches deep. That's right. So I, I feel so bad. I want to... Uh, Yeah, so AJ says, it looks like the doors at Blizzard are opened and everybody is uh, maybe going, yeah, Wizards of the Coast. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, something else we didn't talk about. Paizo, the people at Paizo started a union, uh, a workers union, which is like good for them. We'll see where that goes. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm always in support of the little guy. So if if people can band together to get better working uh, wages and better uh, a work environment. That's awesome. Um, I am all about that. So I thought that was kind of cool. And it also shed a spotlight, like maybe that's not, it's not like the best place to work, you know? And tabletop RPGs has, have never been that lucrative outside of D&D. Uh, &D. I think D&D &D has always made a lot of money and it's, it's like a great place to work and things like that. But uh, for non, if you don't have that Dungeons and Dragons brand, uh, other people, I mean, I see so many people that are just like, I worked on this for four years and they're selling it for $5, you know, and, uh, just to get it out there kind of a thing. So, um, but they started a union, so I'm really curious as to see where that's going to go. And hopefully, uh, if there's transparency in this industry, that would be really interesting to see. Like, oh, you pay them this much. And how much is 
a tabletop RPG design worth versus what are people wanting to consume? So, um, yeah, <laughs> so the proletariat will rise up for sure. Uh, on my personal stuff that I've been working on, uh, one of them is Kids on Bikes. So I did a live stream on the main channel two days ago. Yeah, Thursday. So Thursday night. Uh, I was kind of like down in the dumps and down in the dumps. And I just wanted to like live stream and work on some stuff and talk to people um, because I'm working from home now. I don't really get out and see a lot of people. Uh, and with uh, my significant other working on, on various projects, I don't even see her very often. So uh, kids on bikes. So we're going to do a kids on bikes game. And I feel really bad because I was originally going to do this game with some friends online like uh, LB and uh, Lex and uh, a lot of the old Rod of Seven Parts crew. Um, Harlan from uh, Better Than Heroes. He runs a Spelljammer game. He's a really cool guy. And Kugo from Kugo the Mighty, who I was in his Eberron game. I don't know if that's going to work out now. So now I've rescheduled this with some real-life friends here in at the table. But I'm going to run this annual Halloween Kids on Bikes game that I've been running. Uh, and Greg, uh, a lot of people have been talking NWN. Yeah, NWN is Neverwinter Nights. Uh, it's a PC game. Uh, they made Neverwinter Nights 1, 2, and now it's an MMO. Kids on Bikes, a uh, system I obviously love. We're going to do Polybius, which is a urban legend about a mind-controlling uh, arcade game in the 1980s. Uh, so, Polybius. So, if we go to, yeah, Polybius Urban Legend. So... This is a this is fun. Like I really like Polybius. I think it's it's a, a, a cool story of like the government trying to mind control you. So we we worked on this on on uh, Thursday, and I'm going to continue working on it tonight, and I'm going to run it tomorrow. So sometime before Halloween, I will get the audio edited and uploaded, and you guys can listen to it on YouTube. If you're a patron, it will be as a podcast on uh, the Patreon. Uh, so lots of fun. But yeah, this is all like hearsay, and I don't think it actually existed, but uh, it's it's kind of a fun idea to do. So we're going to have an artificial intelligent Polybius game uh, that terrorizes my kids on bikes, kids, uh, players. So it'd be sure fun. Uh, still running Dungeon Crawl Classics and Hot Springs Island. We've had two, uh, we've had two sessions of, Dungeon Crawl Classics Hot Springs Island. And I really like the group. I really like the players. They're they're totally diving in. They're having a lot of fun. Uh, I've got a, including myself, it's an eight-person table, which has been a challenge. And I I like that we have so many people that are interested in games like this and are willing to play. But that being said, man, eight people is a lot. And uh, it, I will say the benefit of this, though, is that not all of my players can make it all the time. So we, we average about six, five to six, um, because certain players just can't make it. And then I, I don't know if that's good, because when you have four players and two people can't make it, it's almost like, well, then I don't really think we should play. Uh, this way we can still play. And the nature of Hot Springs Island, they can kind of like jump in and out. 
Uh, rerunning this, though, with a different system does not feel that different. I think I think I want more. Uh, well, I should say it's seven plus me. So eight total at the table. But yeah, it's a lot. Um, but I think for me, I like that there are systems that are catered to... I like that there are stories that are catered to specific systems. But Hot Springs Island is unique and fun because I, I can... Because I know the world and the lore, uh, because I've read it and I ran it for 5th edition, it's been a lot easier uh, running this again. And I, I'm enjoying the fact that I can just roll some dice and be like, this is what you encounter. And I know what it is going forward. Uh, circling back to Tolis, that's why I'm interested in Tolis. Like, could that be the same thing where I run it or I read it, I run it, and now I could really use that for any system uh, because I know, I don't need to know monsters or things like that. All I need to know is like, how do you handle these type of checks with your system? And then I can go through that in uh, Hot Springs Island or I can go through that in Tolis. Uh, so I'm very curious about that, and I want more, like, open campaign settings. I think that's just a, a cool idea. Um, I did promise that I would do some uh, Dungeon Master, um, or I should say, like, campaign diaries, but I have not had the time to do it. Uh, I've just been very busy with uh, taking care of my my little one, and my, my wife has been busy doing some other stuff, so I've kind of been on full dad duty lately which is also the lack of videos, but I'm going to work on some videos today and then playing games tomorrow keeps me sane. So we'll be doing that as well. Um, I'm using Dungeon Crawl Classics for my Hot Springs Island game. So originally I ran it with uh, fifth edition D&D and we had a lot of fun with that. And now this is a new group of players and we're going to try out the same game with uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. And by we, I'm like, I'm trying this out. They know nothing about Hot Springs Island. It's just me. So... Uh, really, I still, one of my favorite, like, pieces of game, uh, publishing, I guess. I just really, really like it. Uh, it's, the art's fun, the world's fun, the story's fun, and a lot of it is, it feels very malleable that I can kind of run around with. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is I bought, uh, this book a while ago, and this is by the same people that made... Hot Springs Island. And this is called The Tome of Black Sand. And uh, this is a hard book. It's really thin, uh, but because it's kind of just a, a little adventure. But man, is this like the coolest thing though. So if you're looking for like a Halloween-y thing, uh, Drive Through RPG has a Halloween sale right now. Uh, so this is only $3.50, but uh, it's, it's really cool. There is a forest or someplace, like you can kind of just put this tomb wherever you want. But the idea is that there's a tomb with a lich in it, and the tomb was grown from bone, and then that bone has been eroding away and away and things like that. And so there's this necrotic black sand that kind of permeates this entire like tomb. Uh, you get a, oh, where did I get the hardback from? Oh, good idea. Uh, where did I get the hardback from? I think I got it from Sword Coast. Uh, yeah, let's just search. I got it from uh, Swordfish Island's shop. So be this is the same people that made um, 
then it's $30. So you get a PDF with it, I'm pretty sure. Uh, this is the same company that made, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, Hot Springs Island. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Yeah, Swordfish Island. So the same same people that made uh, Hot Springs Island made Tomb of Black Sand, which is why I picked it up and I thought it was really fun. Um, they, uh, it's it's not a quick adventure. I think this would be like maybe two or three sessions. Uh, it's pretty deadly. Um, and there, it has that feel of maybe you're not supposed to defeat the boss at the end. Maybe you're just supposed to like kind of understand what the, what the dungeon is, what the tomb is and, and get out of there alive, maybe with some magical items. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But it's got a, a CR21 lich in it, um, and a bunch of other really crazy things, um, some custom monsters. And this is made for 5th edition. So although I was looking at it and I'm like, oh man, we could easily port this over and I could kind of put it anywhere. I love books like this. I love that I can take, uh, I, I'm like, here's just the Tomb of Black Sand. And so all of a sudden your players are, I, I like I could use this on Hot Springs Island. Like what if they're wandering around and they discover like, what's all this weird black sand? And then that sand leads them to, uh, a tomb and then they go down into into the earth and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on so who knows uh i am planning on doing um a mini review of this either on the main channel or the jocular junction so uh be sure to check it out could be a lot of fun and then speaking of that i did get uh this in the mail as well uh the border kingdoms which i will be honest i forgot i bought uh, and it showed up, my printed copy. This is written by Ed Greenwood, and it is a Forgotten Realms supplement. There's no classes in here. There's no, uh, or subclasses, I should say. There's uh, a few magic items, but what there is is a whole bunch of uh, material on the Border Kingdoms. Very awesome. And then also there's a whole bunch of material on uh, backstories and backgrounds and things like that. So you can you can use those backgrounds to actually help you have a solid Forgotten Realms game going forward, which is something I really enjoy. So yeah, small, small modules like that, I think. Uh, so yeah, uh, RPG DMCA says we need more like small modules like this. And the third party publishers were the ones that were doing it. And I think Goodman Games was doing a really good job at making those for third edition. But as they developed Dungeon Crawl Classics, now they're really just making content for DCC. Uh, not to say that you can't convert that over, but but no, like I love I love stuff like this where I want a big setting book for the whole world, but then you could buy these little puzzle pieces and put them in. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the Tome of Black or the Tomb of Black Sand right here, or I'm gonna put in White Plume Mountain over here. I'm gonna do this, and it's just uh, super funny. So yeah. Yeah, Border Kingdoms. AJ's really excited about it because it is super good. Uh, it's a, it's, it's really awesome. I need to do um, a cool uh, review of it. So that is everything, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with all of these? The the future of Dungeons and Dragons. The new uh, un. 
what did they say in the thing? Uh, the the lead developer of D and D said that he they have new uh, experimental publishing ways that they're gonna do. So something like that. Um, Zris asks if I looked up uh, Colostal, and I don't think I did. What is Colostal? Oh, and did I put this in chat? Oh, I did. Okay. So you guys can put this out. I'll put it, uh, yeah. Um, Colostal. What is Colostal besides a shop? Oh, I did look at this. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked at it in the sense that I got to this website, but I haven't really checked it out since there. Um, I am also looking forward to playing Jammer Frontiers, AJ. So thank you. Uh, I think I want to steal, uh, Mike, Mike Shay's, um, or he had, he answers questions from the audience, but he always has patron questions set up so he can have good responses to that. So I might have to think about that again if I have another solo show. Uh, normally we don't do this. Uh, Mr. Lucian is here to help me out, but, uh, today it's, it's just me. And with that, I think I'm going to end. I think we're going to close up shop. And I will, I got to run over to Free RPG Day. It just started 44 minutes ago and I got to get there before all the good stuff's taken away. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you again for the uh, the super chat, Mr. Steve. I really appreciate it. Helps us keep the channel on. If you do want to help out, you can always go to the Patreon, which is really fun. You could also become a member here on YouTube, uh, which has uh, just like icon perks, but that's about it, but it's fun. Uh, with that, thank you so much for watching, and I will see you guys in, uh, I will see you next week, if not before. Okay.